Ashley Brock, reading Diane Palmer's book, Rogue Stallion, Chapter 9. I told you weren't going to like the last chapter. Anyways, this is Chapter 9. Sam Jackson left town with the sheriff's car following him every inch of the way to the county line. He had to do some fast talking just to keep him irritated Hensley from arresting him for vagrancy, but his bitter hatred of Jessica hadn't adapted, and he hoped he'd done her some damage. Poor brother, he told himself, had deserved some serve sort of revenge. Perhaps now he could rest in peace. Macomb didn't go near Jessica's office for the fear that Bess might make another play for him and complicate things all over again. He did go to Jessica's house the next afternoon hat in hand to apologize. She met him at the door in a pair of worn jeans and a t-shirt. Her hair in a ponytail and her glasses perched on her nose. It's a beautiful day in the Montana air sparked, sparkled. The world was in bloom. In the Whitehorn area, it had never been more beautiful under the wide blue sky. Yes? Jessica asked pointedly, as if he were a stranger. Felt uncomfortable. We wasn't used to making apologies. I suppose you know why I'm here. He asked stiffly. She stripped off her golden gloves. Is it about Keith, I guess? She replied matter-of-factly, without any tips of disenablement. You don't know. We persuaded the authorities to keep Keith for a few days at the juvenile hall. Well, we did some investigating. I haven't come about that. Oh, your eyes on the expression of. Then what do you want? He propped one foot on the lower step and stared at the spotless shine of his black boot. I came to apologize. I can't imagine why. He looked up in time to catch the bitterness that touched her face. Just remember what? I'm a liar and a temptress and a murderess, according to Sam Jackson, she said. From what everyone says, you were hanging on every word he said. So why should you want to apologize to me? He drew in a breath and shifted his hat from one hand to the other. Hensley told me all of it. And that's why you're here. She sounded really resigned. I might have known it wasn't because you came to your senses, she said without inflection in her voice. You prefer Sam Jackson's version of the truth, even after I reminded you that he was biased. You told me after from the beginning. Don't raise your voice to me, she said angrily, punching her glasses up onto her nose when they started to slip down. I didn't want to remember it. Can't you understand? I hate having to remember. Clarissa, Clarissa was the real victim. A lot more than I was. I just happened to be stupid enough to go out there alone trying to protect her. And believe me, it wasn't the tempt Fred. The only thing I was thinking about was how to spare Clarissa any more anguish. I know that now, he goes on. Why didn't you tell me? Why should I? Why should you have expected me to? She replied, puzzled. I don't know very much about you, except that your mother drank and was cruel to you, and that you had a very nasty time of it in foster care. He hesitated, searching her eyes. You told me very little about yourself, she said. I only know bits and pieces, mostly what I heard from other people. But you expected me to tell you things I haven't told anyone my whole life? Why should you expect something from me that you're not willing to give in return? That gave him food for thought. He ran a hand with him. I don't suppose I should have. And it's all past history now, she added. You're dating Bess. I don't trespass on other people's territory. Not ever. Bess even asked if I had anything going with you before she invited you to supper. I told her no. She had a trembling with a sudden faint flush high on his cheekbones. Because he remembered telling Bess the same thing. But it wasn't true then or now. Listen. He began. No, you listen. I appreciate the meals we had together and the help you gave me on cases. I hope we can work together amicably in the future. But as you have your reasons... 
But as you have reason to know, I have nothing to offer a man on any permanent basis. Basis. He moved closer. His eyes gnomes. Being buried isn't the end of the world. He said quietly. She moved back and folded her arms over her chest, stopping him where he stood. You thought so. He even said so. She reminded him. The teeth were. I was half out of my mind. It upset me that you could keep something so important to yourself. That's That was why I got uptight. It isn't that I couldn't learn to live with it. But you don't have to. Nobody has to learn with it except live with it except me. She said quietly. I'm sure the best has no such drawbacks. And she has the advantage of being completely without inhibitions. She's sweet and young and she adores you. She said through tightly. You're a very lucky man. Lucky, he echoed with growing bitterness. Now, you'll excuse me, she said with a bright smile, pulling her gloves back on. I have to finish weeding my garden. Thanks for stopping by. Just like that, he burst out. I haven't finished. He burst dirt off the palm of one What is there left to say? She asked with calm curiosity. He studied her impassive face. She had her emotions under impeccable control, but beneath the surface, he perceived pain and a deep wound that wasn't likely to be assumed by an apology, however well meant. He was going to have to win her back, her trust and respect. That wasn't going to happen overnight, and he didn't expect her to make it easy for him. He, he rammed his hat on his head. Nothing, I guess. You know, I said it all one way or another. I jumped down your throat without knowing the truth. Sam could be very convincing, she replied to murder face. Turned the whole town against me for a while. You can't imagine how vicious the gossip was, she added involuntary. I still hate being talked about. Jessica didn't add that he'd helped gossip along by dating Bess, so that his rejection of her was more public, but he knew that already. Must have added insult to injury to have his new romantic interest in Sam's renewed accusations being discussed at every lunch counter in town. He understood now, as he hadn't before, why she worried so much about being seen in public. How about Jennifer? She added suddenly interrupting his gloomy thoughts. Any news of her parents? No luck yet, but I think I may be on to something with Keith. I hope so, she said. I feel terrible that I didn't suspect something before this. None of us was perfect, Jessica. He said his voice deep and slow, full of regret. His dark eyes searched hers in silence till she murdered her own and ward off the flash of electricity that persisted between the two of them. I'll let you know what I find out. She nodded but didn't reply. She just walked away from him. Talked to the school official about Keith and discovered that the boy had been an excellent student until about the time his father had lost his job. He was never a problem, he also told him, but he let slip sometime about his father liking liquor a little too much when he was upset. Things seemed to go badly for Terrence after his wife left, you know, losing his job much must be the last straw. I'm sure it's unpleasant for him to have to depend on public assistance, but taking it out on his child wasn't the answer. People drink and lose control, the council said, more and more of them, and these presumed economic times, they're usually sorry too late. I'll try to talk to Keith then if you'd like, but I can't promise anything. He's very loyal to his mother. Most kids are, I call him say coldly. He was remembering how he protected his brutal mother, right up until the night she broke in his arm with the bottle. He made excuses after excuses for her behavior, just as Keith was probably doing now. He contacted the juvenile officer and had a long conversation with him, but the man couldn't tell him any more than he already knew. Keith hadn't reached the end of his rope yet, and until he did, there was little anything could do for him. 
McCollum did get a break, a small one, in the abandoned baby case. It seemed that a local midwife did remember hearing an old woman from out of town talk about delivering a child in a clandestine manner for a frightened young woman. It wasn't much to go on, but anything would help. McCollum decided that it might be a good idea to share that tidbit with Jessica. He dreaded having to see Bess again after the way he led on, led her on, but it turned out not to be the ordeal he expected. Bess was just coming back from the small kitchen with a cup of coffee when he walked into the office. She moved closer and grinned at him. Hi, stranger, she said with brother. How about some coffee? No, not just now, thanks, he smiled with me. Bess, there's something I need to tell you. No, there isn't, she said with a I've already figured it all out, you know. I never meant to step on Jessica's toes, but I had a major crush on you that I had to get out of my system. She gave him a cheap glance. I didn't realize how painful it was going to be trying to work here after I'd put all but stabbed Jessica in the back. No one in the office will speak to me, and Jessica's very polite, but she isn't friendly like she used to be. Nothing in the same, nothing is the same anymore. I'm sorry about that, he said no, and it was as much his fault as hers. She shrugged him with a little question. Still friends? Jess says, of course. He replied gently. Benton kissed her lightly on the cheek. Jessica had come into the outer office to ask Bess to make a phone call for her. Got an eye for what looked like a tender sheet in front of Jess. Jessica? Michaela said roughly as he lifted his head and saw her. Bess turned in time to watch her boss disappear back into her office. Her back strengthened. Well, that was probably the last straw, Bess grown. I was going to talk to her today and apologize. So was I. He was like, you didn't deserve to be hurt anymore after what Sam Jackson did to her. I hope it's not too late to undo the damage. Bess added that she realized how false the pictures she'd given everyone about her dates with McCollum. She felt even worse. She embroiled them to make herself look like a femme fatale because McCollum hadn't been at all lover-like, but her wild stories had backfired in the worst way, and admitting that she lied, she'd make herself look like a conceited idiot. Jessica was cool enough to her her already she hated the thought of compounding the problem with confusion of guilt <laughs> there's nothing to undo mccall i did enjoy your cooking he had a gentle i'm glad she hesitated nervously she might as well tell him how she blown up their friendship while they were still down my column there's just one little thing later he said patting her absolutely i've got to talk to jessica about a case okay she was glad of the reprieve not just not that she didn't still have to confess her half-truths to Jessica. He knocked briefly on Jessica's door and walked in. She looked up from her paperwork. Nothing of her inner torment showed on her underlined face. She was smiled pleasantly in. Come on in, deputy. She said, what can I do for you? He closed the door and sat down across from her. You're going to tell me that I haven't ruined everything between us, he said bluntly. She looked at him with a study curious. We're still friends, she said. I don't know grudges, his dog cried. You know that wasn't what I meant. She put down the file. She had been reading it across her hands. What can I do for you? She asked suddenly. Her bland expression told him that he couldn't force his way back into her life. He could make her want him as she might have been, might have before things went wrong between them. She was going to draw back into her shell for protection and it would take dynamite to get her out of it this time. He doubted if he could get, could even get her to go out for a meal with him ever again, because she wouldn't want gossip about them to start up a second time. He never felt so helpless. Trust. One sacrifice was harder game. What about Keith? She asked. I presume that's why you came? Yes, he confirmed. Untruthfully, he sat back in the chair and told her about the talk he had with the school counselor. But there's nothing we can do until I have some concrete reason to bring his father in for questioning. And Keith is holding out. 
The juvenile authorities can't dig anything out of him. He crosses on On the other hand, we may have a break in the baby Jennifer case. She started. It wasn't pleasant to it wasn't pleasant to hear her say that. She became so involved with the tiny infant that a part of her hope that the mother would never be found. She was shocked at her own wild thoughts. How do you? She asked numbly. A midwife knows of an old woman who helped frightened young woman give birth. I'm trying to track her down. Maybe our first real lead to the mother. And if you find her, then what? She asked intently. She deserted her own little baby. What sort of mother would do that? Surely the guy the courts won't want to give the child back to her. He never seen Jessica so visibly upset. He knew she allowed herself to become attached to the infant, but he hadn't realized what extent until now. I'm sure it won't come to that. He says, well, Jessica, you aren't having any ideas about taking the baby yourself. He added abruptly. She glared at him. What if I do? What can a court appointed guardian do that I can't? I can manage free time to devote to a child. I'll make a good salary. You can't offer her a settled, secure home with two parents, he said quickly. This isn't the big city. Here in Whitehorn, the judge will give prior consideration to a married couple, not a single parent. That's unfair. I'm not going to argue with that, he said. I'm just telling you what to expect. You know the judge is around you as well as I do. Probably better because you have more dealings with them. Most of them have pretty fixed ideas about family life. The world is changing. Not here it is, it reminded me. Here, we're in a time capsule where nothing very much changes. She started to argue again and stopped on a hell breath. He was right. She might not like it, but she had to accept it. A single woman wasn't going to get custody of an abandoned baby in Whitehorn, Montana. No matter how great a character she had, faced the loss of little Jennifer with quiet desperation. Fate was unfair. She was thinking her whole life seemed to be one tragedy after another. She put her head in her hands and sighed wearily. She'll be better off in a settled home. He mumbled. He hates seeing her. So you know she will. She sat up again after a moment. Resignation in her. Well, I won't stop seeing her until they place her. She said no. No one's asked you to. She wouldn't get to you. She wouldn't get to you, would she, deputy? She asked with bitter anger. You can walk away from anyone and never look back. No one touches you. You did, he said, girl. Oh, I'm sure Bess got a lot further than I did. She said her jealousy rising to the surface. After all, she doesn't have any hang-ups, and she thinks you're God's gift to women. You don't understand. I understand everything, she said bluntly. You want to make sure that no one in town connected you with the object of such much scandal? Didn't you tell once? Didn't you tell me once that you hated gossip because people talked about you so much when you were a boy? That's really why you started taking mess out, isn't it? The fact that she was infatuated with you was just a bonus. That wasn't why. She stood up looking totally unapproachable. Everyone knows now the best is your girlfriend. You're safe, McCollum. She had probably no one. is going to pair you off with me ever again. So let well enough alone, please. He stood up too, feeling frustrated and half mad with restrained anger. I've been lied to one time too many, he said harshly. Trust comes hard to me. It does to me too, she replied in a restrained tone. You betrayed mine by turning your back on me the first chance you had. You leave Sam instead of me. You wouldn't even come to me for an explanation. His first taunted the steel. He had no defense. There simply was none. You needn't. Look so torn, McCollum. It doesn't matter anyway. We both know it was a flash in the pan and nothing more. Can't trust women, and I'm not casual enough for affairs. 
neither of us would have considered marriage. What was left? His dark eyes swept over with quiet appreciation of her slender graceful. I might have shown you if you'd given me half a chance. She lifted her chin. I told you, I'm not the type for casual affairs. I wouldn't have been casual or an affair. He returned. I'm not a loner by choice. I'm by myself because I never found a woman I liked. Wanted, sure, but there's never, there has to be more to a relationship than a few nights in bed. I felt more than desire for you. But not enough, she said, almost choking on me. Not nearly enough to make up for what I am. His face contracted. For God's sakes, you're a woman. Being barren doesn't change anything. She turned away. The pain was almost, please go. She said, on her tone, sat back down behind her desk. The air of an exhaustion runner took older and told her, please just go. He rammed his hands into his pockets. You won't give an inch. How do you expect to go through life? And that sewed up mental state. I made a mistake, okay? I'm not perfect. I don't walk around with a halo above my head. Why can't you forget? Her eyes were vulnerable. For just, because it hurts so much to have you turn away from me. I'm not going to let you hurt me again. It's been lift for Jessica. I learned from our mistake. That's what life is all about. Mistakes are what my life is all about. She said laughing harshly. Turned her hand over her foot. And there are still things you don't know. I was a fool, McCollum, and it was your fault because you wouldn't take no for an answer. Why did you have to interfere? I was happy alone. I was resigned to it. Why did you keep trying to take care of me? He shot back. She had to admit she'd gone out of her way. In that respect, she glanced up and then quickly back to her neck. Temporarily insanity, she pleaded. You had no one, and neither did I. I wanted to be your friend. Friends forgive each other. She nodded her lower lip. She could tell him that he was far more than friendship she wanted from him. She had secrets still that she could never share with him. She can't tell him the rest, even now. Sling was best had spared her the fatal weakness of giving in to him, yielding to a hopeless affair. If it had gone that far, she corrected, as it was highly doubtful that it would have. What are you keeping back yet? What other dark skeletons are hiding in your closet? She pushed the hair back on None that you need to know about, McCall. She said, leaning back. Why don't you take Bess to lunch? Bess and I are friends, he said. That's all. And I've caused enough trouble around here. I understand that you're barely speaking to her. That's my fault, not hers. She glared at him. Bess is a professional who reports to me, and how I treat her is my business. I know that, he replied, but she's feeling guilty enough. So am I. Her eyes went, about what? Neither of us made your life any easier, he said. I didn't know what happened to you, but even if you'd been... All that Sam Jackson accused you of being, I had no right to subject you to even more gas gossip. Best knows why I took her out. I could have caused her as much pain as I caused you. I have to live with that, too. Fortunately, she was no more serious than I was. That isn't what she told us, Jessica said through her teeth. We stared at her with dawning horror. What stories have Best told to produce such antagonism from Jessica to make her look so outraged? Jessica, nothing happened. We had a few meals together, and I kissed her once. That's all. It's generally of you to defend her, she said someplace. But I'm not a child. You don't have to lie to protect her. I'm not lying. She pulled the file open and spread out the papers. And I'd like to know what you find out about that midwife, she said, and about Keith. Did the juvenile authorities get any results? He stared at her for a moment. Tip for tack, Jessica. Yes, ma'am. I wouldn't believe you, so now you won't believe me. She might as well as Emily. And it has nothing to do with it. 
I think you're being gallant for bestest sake, she replied. It's kind of you, but unnecessarily. Nothing you do with best or anyone else is my business. He wouldn't have touched that line with a gloved hand. He stared at her for a long moment, searching for the right words, but he couldn't find any that would fit the situation. He found plenty, however, when he closed Jessica's door and stored over Bess. We've been waiting for him to finish. What did you tell her? He said blandly. I embroidered a little bit to save face, he protested. I thought we were going to be a hot item and it hurt my feelings that you didn't even want to kiss me. I'm sorry. I didn't know how our Jessica was going to take it, where I'd never had made up those terrible lies about us. Grimmel's how terrible. She was. She couldn't. She just couldn't admit it. I'll tell her the truth. She promised I'll tell her all of it. Honest, I will. Please don't be mad. Mad? He shook his head walking home. I must be mad. He said to himself, I've painted myself in this sort of corner. Or maybe I just have a talent for creating my own self-destruction. He kept walking into chapter 9.